Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, God's people? It's Pastor Tony. Come on in the house. We are here for week four. One, two, three, four. We hope you've been here for every week of the Walk on the Water series. It has been a blessing for me to share it with you and pray that it has been a blessing to your life. Listen, we're going to wrap up this series, and we pray that it has challenged you to address some things so that you can do what you've never done before. And in order to do what we've never done before, sometimes we have to expose ourselves and confront some things that we've never confronted before. And so I just want to do a little review uh, as we are closing up this series. The first week was you better recognize, you better recognize like Peter, those pivotal moments where God is calling you out to a new level uh, that you've been in before. And so Peter had that amazing, uncanny ability to recognize moments, even to the point where he preached the first message of the modern-day church on the day of Pentecost. And so it behooves us to recognize and be looking out for those moments that God wants to have impact on our lives. And in week two, we, had, we talked about hello fear, that if we're going to be great, if we're going to be a water walker, that we have to face the fear. We can't run from it. Because our miracle and our next level that God has for us is on the other side of that fear. And so we got to stop running. we got to face it head on with hello fear. And last week we talked about as soon as I get over it. Y'all remember that. As soon as I get over we talked about Peter having the boldness after he heard that word from Jesus to get out of that boat. And as soon as he got over that edge and got onto the water, the miracle started. But the miracle would not have started had he not had the courage to get out of the boat. And we talked about last week, there are some things, y'all, that we just got to get over. We got to get over the people that hurt us. We got to get over what people are going to think about us. We got to get over the fear of failure. We have to get over it. If we're going to do great things for God, we've got to get over it. That was week three. We're on week four. I'm going to go back to the same scripture, Matthew, the 14th chapter. I'm going to pick up at the 28th verse because we want to see the ending of this whole scenario. And there's something that we want to talk about today. Matthew, the 14th chapter, 28th verse. It says, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind... He was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, this is 31, and took hold of him and told him, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they had gotten to the boat, the wind ceased. And those on the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to talk about this moment where Peter is experiencing this miracle. Can you imagine? You're walking on water, 
And then all of a sudden, he saw what was going around him. The Word of God said he saw the wind. Now, here's the thing. You can't see the wind. The wind is invisible. But the Word of God says that not only, he, it's not that so much that he saw the wind, he saw the effects of the wind. He saw the choppiness of the water, and, he's, and then he starts contemplating in his mind, how in the world am I walking on something? First, it's liquid, but it's choppy, and yet and still, I'm not wavering. He started looking at the circumstances, and he took his focus off of Jesus. Now, that's a common thing that people extrapolate from this scripture. But when he started focusing on the wind and the waves and the effects and the, and the fact that he was defying laws and gravity and buoyancy, the Word of God said he began to sink. And he cried out to Jesus. Jesus came and lifted him up. And Jesus gave him, you know, he gave him a little bit of a rebuke, and he said, oh, man, why is your faith so little? Why is your faith so small? You could have completed it. Your faith was in operation, but you started looking at other circumstances, and you let your faith waver. And so some would say that Peter failed at his mission. After a while, he got a little bit of a rebuke from Jesus, got in the boat. And I'm sure he felt bad for himself for a moment. But for me, <laughs> like, yo, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I disappointed you, but, bro, I just walked on water. Like, I literally just walked on water with you. So I am geeked right now. I know I may not have maintained my faith, but I had enough faith to step out there and walk on water with you. But Jesus said, hey, you know, Peter, that's cool, man, but you didn't finish. You had the faith to start. Listen to me very closely. You had the faith to start, but you did not keep your faith to finish. And so my message for the next few minutes that I want to share with you is the last installment of the Walk on Water series is the faith to finish. I want you to type that in the, in the chat line. The faith to finish. You know, people laud Peter for having faith to start. But I've heard people preach this passage over and over again, and they, they almost condemn him for his inability to finish the miracle that had started. And so Jesus told him, said, yo, bro, I'm proud of you for stepping out that boat. I'm proud of you for getting over the thing that impeded you. But you let your faith slip. And as a result, you didn't finish. In the church, we are great. We are good for starting stuff. Start this ministry. I'm going to start this agency. I'm going to start this group for, for young children. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. And the minute we see the waves get rocky, the minute we see uh, the environment change that is not conducive or not comfortable as it was in safety of the boat, we start sinking. When in actuality, Jesus was telling him the same faith it took for you to get out of that boat, the same faith that it took you to step out on the water, and yes, the same faith it took you to take those initial steps on the water was the same faith I needed you to maintain and keep in order to complete the walk. Jesus had to come to him. It's not like he had gotten all the way to Jesus. He began to sink because his faith began to fail. Let me tell you something, people of God. 
The faith to get out of the boat is one thing. But the, but the faith to stay out on the water and finish it is a whole nother thing. And so we're going to talk about our faith to finish. But before we get started, I want you to type in the line, I am a finisher. I want you to declare it even if you don't feel like it right now. I want you to declare in the atmosphere by typing it down, telling somebody who's beside you, or just speaking it if, if you're in the room by yourself. I am a finisher. We talked about last week with Philippians 1 and 7, he who began a good work shall perform it, meaning he's going to help you complete the task that he started through you and in you. Jeremiah 29 and 11, very familiar scripture where God told the prophet Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. I have thoughts of peace and not evil. And I have to give you an expected end. Which means when God starts something, he starts it with the end in mind. When you were born, God thought about the purpose to which you came was the end of a thing. Now, you have to start at the beginning, and you have to walk out the middle, and you have to go through the twists and the turns of life. But when God called you, he called you from the end, and he spoke to your present. And said, I need you to walk out the middle. But there is an expected end that God has for each one of us. There is water that God has destined for us to walk on. But not only do we have the faith to start. Oh, I mean, that's important because you can't get to the ending unless you start. And so that's vitally important. That, it, that You have to have the faith to get out of the boat of safety. You have to have the faith to get on that water and to test it out. And you have to have faith to walk on it. But yes, my brother, my sister, you have to have the faith to endure and finish. How many of us know people that have started lots of things? But we know, people, we know more people that have started things than we do people who have finished things. Jesus is our elder brother. He is our example. And, and the last words that Jesus uttered before he completed his, his assignment and his purpose is, it is finished. Jesus, our elder brother, to which, whom we pattern our lives and everything that we do after Jesus was a finisher. And so we're going to talk about a couple of things, just a couple of things we're talking about, Peter. So that we can make sure, things that we can extract from him, the things he did right, the things he didn't do right, so that we too can be a finisher. The first thing is, we want to highlight the focus of Peter. This is how the miracle first started. Peter came out for the purpose of coming to Jesus. The Word of God said that he came. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. Jesus was his focus. What's about a tight focus? Focus, focus, focus. Now, I'm going to say something that seems like a little bit of a riddle, but I'm going to unpack it for you. There is a difference between vision and focus. Okay, right now I'm in a, a room in a room that's about 40,000 square feet. I can see with my peripheral vision and my direct vision. I can see seats. I can see cameras. I can see all things. I see everything around here. There is a screen that's in the back that's telling me how much time I got left. I can see everything. 
But right now, I'm focusing on the cameras that are in front of me. There is a difference between vision and focus. And what Peter failed to do is maintain his focus. He started looking at the waves. He started looking at the, the, the clouds and the, and the lightning flashing and the thundering doing its thing. And no doubt he might have looked back at his boys in the boat and said, he had to make a decision. Oh, am I too far? Do I need to go back? But he took his focus off of Jesus. What the God says in, in verse 29, that he got out of the boat for the purpose of going to Jesus. So my question to you is, if you're going to be a water walker, if you're going to person, be a person that has faith to finish, my next subsequent question is, what is your focus? Walking on water was a byproduct of Peter going to Jesus. He didn't say, Jesus, let me walk on water. He said, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come to you. So he was, he was in pursuit of Jesus, and as a result of him being in pursuit of Jesus, he walked on water. And so we have to realize the thing that we're after is not always the thing that we're after. What is your purpose? I know you want to be wealthy, but what is your purpose? Because as Pastor Andy has taught us, that wealth and riches follow the fulfillment of purpose. Peter's purpose was to get to Jesus. It just so happened the only way he could have got to Jesus is if he walked on water. So as a result, the miracle was manifested as a result of his purpose. Are we out here, are we out here trying to be great and trying to be grand and, and trying, to have, trying to do the impossible, but we don't have a focus on purpose? Because when you are focused on your purpose, the wind and the waves do not bother you. When you are focused on your purpose, people having negative words to say about you do not waver you. When you are focused on your purpose, the vicissitudes of life and all the winds and the waves and the ups and the downs and the hot days and the, and the high mountains that we have to climb don't hurt us as much because I got my mind on something. I got my faith focused towards something with such a laser-light disciplined focus. It doesn't matter what comes or goes. And that's the reason God told the prophet Habakkuk, write the vision and make it plain for this purpose so, that the, so when the person reads it, they can continue to run. What is your purpose? Because when the wind and the waves and when enemies are surrounding you and when you're in the heat of battle, you may not be able to, say, uh, to, to write and read something down. So you have to determine what your purpose is in times of calm. Because when the bullets start flying, you won't have the time to get your composure. You're going to have to lock in. No matter what's going on in my life, I am locked in on this purpose. And I'm not going to let the devil or naysayers or anyone deter me from my focus of my faith. If we're going to be a finisher, if you, if, if you are satisfied that you started something, 
Now, you can turn me off right now. But I believe that there are some people watching me right now that are tired of having things half done around you. Nobody wants to eat a half done cake. No one, no one wants to eat a, 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 state, a state that hasn't been done to, to, to the level of doneness of, of, of done that they want it. I want it all the way that God promised me. And let me tell you something. You don't have to lower the standard for God to make him feel like, okay, God, I'll be satisfied with this. No, the way that God told you is the way God intends for it to be. You don't have to water down the promise of your expectation because we are scared to go out in the deep. God wants you to focus on what he promised you. But I want you to know a walk of faith will always be accompanied by wind. It will always be accompanied by turbulence, or else it would not be a walk of faith. And so if you're expecting it to be a walk in the park and, 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 and dandelions and butterflies flying around, you are sadly mistaken. A walk of faith is, is going to be a wind walk. There are going to be opposition. There are going to be things that are going to try to throw you off your balance. But you have to maintain your focus. Now, the next thing is, we have to see that Peter, he did, he, he did the right thing. He did the right thing, guys. When he saw that he was sinking, he laid his pride down, and he asked for help. He said, Master, Savior, come save me, I'm sinking. And there is revelation that we can learn from Peter. And so I don't want us to just blame Peter for not maintaining his faith. At least he had the common sense to call out to Jesus when he was sinking. And so many of us, when we are going through and we're, when we're out in the deep and we seem like we're going to be drowning, we have too much pride to ask for help. Well, people are eyes on me. I don't want to look. I don't want to look. Uh, I don't want to look like this, and i got to maintain this image. And, and what you're doing, you're drowning with your pride. And what Peter says is that, look, hey, I don't care what y'all say about me. Jesus, you called me out here. I was walking on your word, and right now, I don't need your word. I need you to reach your hand down and help me. So I want somebody to do me a favor and type in that chat right now, help. There is nothing wrong with a believer asking for help. God sent the Holy Spirit into the earth after Jesus went on the right hand of the Father. And the Word of God said, I'm going to send you a helper that will lead and teach and guide you into all truth. He's our help. But Peter didn't get caught up in pride. Oh, man, this is embarrassing. I'm going to, try. I'm, 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 I'm going to muster my faith again and I'm going, to, I'm going to rise up out of this door. He said, no, I have reached the end of my limits and Jesus, I need help. A simple four-letter word, but it's one of the most powerful words in the English vernacular. 
You have to know when you've reached your limits. You have to know that we hold this truth in earthen vessel. And God, this is not my vision. This is your vision. This is not my calling. It is your calling. You chose me. I am simply a tool in your hands and I can do nothing without you. I will seek ye first the kingdom of God and it's right that I let all these other things be added to me. Lord, I realize that you began this good work in me and so you will perform it. You will not let me fail. But right now I'm at the end of my limits and Lord, I need help. It's no shame in asking for help. And so right now, I want to encourage you, if you're in a state, put your pride down. Who cares what they think about you? Because you know what will happen? You will drown in your sorrow. You will drown in the middle of your dilemma. You will drown. And we know what people say. Mm, that's sad. All they had to do is ask for help, and I would have helped them. And here you are, drowning and gone. Everything diminished, everything destroyed. All because you were too proud to ask for help. Well, Peter said, no, 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 no. I'm not done. I realized I was just supernatural in a moment, but right now I am very much natural, and I don't want to die. So, Lord, I'm asking you to help. It's not just asking the Lord for help. We are part of a body of believers. And why would you not ask for help? Well, I don't trust people like that. Well, those are deeper issues you need. Maybe you trusted the wrong people, but there is nothing wrong with the institution of relationship with a brother or sister in Christ that can help us, hold us accountable, and lift us up when we are most at our weakest. Ask for help. Do not let pride cause you to drown. Last thing I want to share with you is the perspective. The perspective is everything. James 1 and 2 says this. Consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance have its perfect work so that you may be able to mature and be complete, lacking not lacking anything. Last thing I want to leave with you is that it's not the amount of your faith. It's the endurance of your faith. What did God say? All it takes is you can move a mountain with faith the size of a mustard seed. I mean, it's a mustard seed is smaller than my nail. So that's all the amount that you need. And so when Jesus was talking about, oh, ye of little faith, he wasn't talking about a, a measurement of volume. He was talking about you had the faith to start, but your faith did not endure. So it was little in its endurance. Had it endured, you could have walked all the way over to me. And God is saying, you've got enough faith. Stop asking for more faith when you haven't done anything with the faith that you have. All it takes is the size of mustard seed. But God said, you need to build your faith's endurance. He said, don't, don't, don't worry about when these trials come because these trials of life, these ups and downs of life have come to work out your faith. No world-class athlete wakes up on the day of the event 
and just say, you know, I'm going to go out here and I'm just going to win. No, they are constantly training. They are constantly conditioning their lungs and they're conditioning their bodies and they're, they're strength training and they're, they're doing all types of things to, to build uh, quick, quick twitch fibers in the muscle and, and all kinds of things. They're doing lateral drills because they are preparing for the moment for when the lights come on. Now, if we understand that about the athlete, we have to understand that we can't just wiggle and hit a switch and be strong and enduring in our faith if we don't let the little things stretch us, train us, build us up in our most holy faith. God desires that you finish. God doesn't play games, man. He don't play games. God said, if I started something in you, my endeavor is that I complete it in you. But we also know that we are partners with God. And God cannot overstep the bounds and force us to do anything. So God's, in, God's wish for us is that our faith doesn't fail. You're a water walker. You have to make a determination. Do I want to walk on the water for a couple of steps? Or do I want to walk the full path? So you, you, could have been, you could have been satisfied that I, that I got out of the boat. Maybe that was your level of faith. Maybe that I, that I, that I tiptoe on it. Oh, man, it's solid. Or maybe that you walked a couple of steps, and then you're like, okay, I'm gone. I'm done. But for me, I want to walk my whole path. I want to walk all the way to Jesus. That's the purpose to which Peter got out of the boat. The Word of God says that he got out for the purpose of coming to Jesus. He did not expect Jesus to have to come to him. And thank God he was there. But let us learn from Peter. Yes, we need the faith to start. Yes, we need the faith to pray and believe this thing in its infancy stage. And the faith to do the business plan and the, and, and the faith to go to the bank and the faith to sit across from the CEO or whatever it may be, may be. Yes, you need faith for that. And yes, you need faith to step out on nothing. I get it. But my brother, my sister, you need faith to finish. We want to start like Peter, but we want to finish like Jesus. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, God, I, I know what this entails. I know there's going to be enormous pain and grief and agony I'm about to go through. Torture I'm about to go through. But even Jesus wavered. He said, Lord, is there any way that this cup can pass from me? Please let it happen. And God did not respond with an affirmative answer that it was okay. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, I'm going to finish this. You didn't give me an out clause, so I got to do what I have to do. Let me tell you, there is no option B. There is no out clause. You were put on this earth to do something great. You were put on this earth to do exploits and to make God's name great. And the only way you're going to do it is if you do the impossible. The only way you're going to do it and fulfill it and close your eyes and go into eternity with satisfaction is that you do it with the fervor and the passion of your enduring faith. 
God's not looking for big faith. He's looking for long, enduring faith. Race is not given to the swift. It's not given to the strong. But it's to the one that endures to the end. God wants you to have the faith to finish. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. Lord, as we conclude this series, we thank you, Lord, that you you have challenged us. You have spoken to us about faith to start, faith to handle the middle. But Lord, as we are at the end of this series, the conclusion, we thank you, Lord, for giving us faith to finish. It's It's not even new faith, God. It's not even more faith. It is maintaining the faith that it took for us to hear you, to recognize you, to get out of the boat, to climb down, to put our feet on something that should not hold us, and to walk, God. The same faith. But God, let us maintain that focus on purpose. So when the waves and the winds of life begin to blow, God, we can maintain our focus on you. And if we keep our focus on you, the one who called us out here in the beginning, God, we will walk. But Lord, should we stumble? Should our faith begin to wane? Lord, give us the humility to ask for help. For God, you are a helper in a time of need, in a time of sorrow. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness, God. So Lord, give us the strength to ask for help, not only from you, but from our brother, our sister, our loved ones, the ones that care for us the most, God. Let us not get caught up in pride. Lord, for you said that pride goes before a fall. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you give us the faith to finish. Lord, for after we finish this, God, there is a new, there is a higher height and deeper depth that you have for us. So, Lord, we thank you today, Lord, that those that are watching me, whether it's live or in the future, God, that you stir us up. You stir our faith up, God. So that not only will we be water walkers, but we will be finishers of the assignment that you have given to us. God, we love you. God, we bless you. We thank you for these four weeks, God, that you have stirred us up and have placed a new level, a new heightened awareness that you desire for us to do the impossible and the miraculous. God, we love you. We bless you. And Lord, we promise and we vow that our pursuit from now on is to be a water walker, God. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We pray that you were blessed by this message and this series. And I want you to do something for me. I want you to sow into the good soil of World Overcomers Christian Church. As this ministry has been a blessing to you in any form, any fashion, we want to challenge you to do what Pastor Andy does every week, to feed what's feeding you. Okay? God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you the next time we have a series to teach on a Wednesday. But we'll definitely see you this weekend as we go higher in what God has called us to do. Okay? We'll see you later, Water Walkers. God bless you. We love you. Peace. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.